0: Welcome to the podcast of tomorrow. I wonder if I should have done some sort of like tales of interest, but anyway, <laughs> they really that's didn't. Fine.
1: They really didn't have that voice. They had it like one time, and then that was it.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But anyway, the point is today we were talking about <laughs> season two, episode twenty, anthology of interest. I am Wilty Wilson, joined as always by Alex Coons. Alex, how's it going?
1: Hello, I'm good. Last episode of season two, the Hugh Jackman thoughts are are bubbling in the back of my mind. Of oh, mm-hmm. is it our between season Hugh Jackman viewing? What are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah. Are you going to watch X-Men for next week or should I watch X-Men for next week? I I don't think it's
1: X-Men. I think people are begging for X-Men, but I think we have to either do (laughs) uh, the TV movie Oklahoma or the like (laughs) very gritty Australian like drug crime drama that like briefly stars Hugh Jackman, which I don't know if I have that in me.
0: No, I don't think so. But if you can find the TV version of Oklahoma, I'm happy to watch it. Otherwise, I think it's like it's over X-Men three week.
1: hours long.
0: All right, you can watch it and you tell me about it like you did for Paperback Hero.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe we'll jump to X-Men. We'll, we'll discuss off
0: thoughts. Okay, great, great. Anyway, Alex, how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm back in New York. I'm after my many months away, I think we're gone for two straight months. So. Oh my god yeah i was i was home for like three days mm-hmm. earlier in december i don't think we were recording episode when i was home but yeah i was gone for a long time so nice to be back uh do you miss
0: new york see. when you're not in it
1: yeah yeah <laughs> definitely i mean it's nice to like we already have plans for this weekend we're seeing friends there's a lord of the rings in concert a mm-hmm. uh, concert that we're going to for my birthday so like that's a weird thing that won't happen outside of new york but at i the went same to a time, harry potter
0: in concert thing back before, oh yeah that was not a thing i wanted to go to anymore
1: <laughs> yeah i think i went to like a star trek like the jj abrams star trek in concert mm-hmm. so yeah i'm looking forward to the lord of the rings one so that's the upside of new york but the downside of new york is our bed the like fire escape for our, our building is outside our bedroom windows and mm-hmm. our bed is like by it and we were hanging out just like lying in bed but, and mm-hmm. just like a strange figure appeared on the <laughs> fire alarm balcony <laughs> and oh very startling we like truly don't know what's what the deal was if it was a neighbor or if it was someone like looking to break in or whatever ah. like i can't imagine it was somebody break looking to break in we're in like a very safe neighborhood and that'd be preposterous but now you know that will be an anxiety that exists for a while
0: that is very scary. We one time, I can share this now that we've moved. but We one time, yeah. our neighbors in the morning were like, "Oh, just so you know, like there was someone last night up in the stairwell between our two apartments trying our doors Jeez. In, between, in both of our places, and they just happened to be caught by my sharp-eared neighbor." <laughs> okay, wow. While and I slept peacefully and heard nothing.
1: <laughs> oh my god, that's very scary.
0: It was very scary. I did not like it. I'm Where also like not it. I.
1: I am now, but, like, I'm not a huge door locker, like, uh, just like in college, you know, there was, like, no reason to lock your doors at my college, and I was on the, like, fifth floor of an apartment building, and uh, my roommate would never lock his, lock the door, so it was just, like, a thing,
0: so Mm -hmm. now I'm a door locker. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it seems like you need to be, Yeah. Um, how how was your week, Lindsay? It was fine. I am recording from a new apartment, as discussed Mm -hmm. on the last pod. We did the move. We have not moved everything over, but most of it. It's pretty good. Yeah. So if any listeners hear little footsteps above me or anything, I don't want to know about it.
1: (laughs) Yes, you were describing both the loud neighbors, but that's that's something that can be managed, especially since the neighbors seem pleasant and good friendship material. Um, But then you were also describing your paranoia and anxiety about making a single sound in your apartment that the neighbors are going to be able to hear, which is great for a podcaster of being terrified of audio waves.
0: I know. Yeah, no, it's, it's actually a, a big problem. <laughs> and I, I did just unpack in therapy of like, me being like, well, of course, they're going to make noise like they have to live their lives. And then me being <laughs> like, just oh, I can't. They're only human. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, but I have to whisper everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's fine. If I don't know, I I think I seem normal volume wise. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you're fine. And, you know, maybe this will come up when you talk to neighbors, you can tell them like, oh, by the way, I like podcasts. So if you hear anything, then that's what I'm doing. And then Mm -hmm. you'll be like, rate, review, you know, listen. (laughs) Watch (laughs) X-Men. Yes, watch X-Men with us and or Oklahoma.
0: That's right. That's right. Incredible. Alex, you had a good sense of what this anthology of interest thing was what did you think of it on the rewatch Well, so
1: i did not remember the the come the tissue of like this being the um imagine machine that the professor Mm -hmm. has made like i didn't i had no memory of that being the mechanism in which we tell these essentially treehouse horror stories i thought there was like a little bit less fanfare for this one than i remember like maybe these really start to be bigger event episodes in the future once they like establish the format and they do a couple of these and they get even wackier ideas. But yeah, I thought this was like, I, I mean, I guess it reminded me of the early *Trio of where it was like, oh, yeah, these are like all just kind of like, nothing too crazy, but still fun, you know, out of universe stories.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, not to spoil this for you, but and I can't speak to the reboots, but I'm pretty sure there's only one more of these.
1: <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I thought yeah. this was more of an established thing
0: hmm. Yeah, no, as far as I can recall, I remember only one other one. I think they've done some other ones that are sort of the concept episodes, but I think just one more yeah. of the like anthology thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it also, I guess more than Treehouse of Horror, it reminded me of the those like teen years of The Simpsons where it was like, hey, we're gonna do like three stories about like Paul Bunyan type, you know, they did like a Paul Bunyan, and right, yeah. did, like various other like fairy tale type stories. And they did a couple mm-hmm. of those episodes. And that's like yeah, a bizarre like, a era. one. <laughs> yeah exactly that's a that's a bizarre era of the simpsons i don't know if they do those anymore
0: yeah i don't know i feel like they do probably but not maybe as often there was definitely a period of time there in the like early 2000s where i feel like they were really going to that well a lot of three random stories yeah
1: and and maybe that's the family guy influence too of like we uh, like do not need character or Mm. stories that make sense we just need like outlandish like we have our characters and now we just need like
0: outlandish settings for them to tell jokes in Yeah, and we just need like a 10-minute wacky plot. Right. Yeah. It's sort of an odd choice to end the season on this.
1: That is interesting. I mean, none of these shows have meaningful season finales other than like Who Shot Mr. Burns? I don't know. Can you think of any... What does BoJack do? Does BoJack have like big actual season finales?
0: BoJack has a big penultimate episode like game of thrones
1: (laughs) okay like season to season the penultimate episode interesting
0: yeah so i think there were usually 12 episodes a season and episode 11 is always like a devastating episode of television (laughs) where even in season one i'm pretty sure that episode is called downer ending okay and then they try to like they absolutely destroy you and then they're like here's one more episode before you go that like won't make you as sad so that you'll come back next season (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where like the dog episode and the brother episode fall for Futurama. I don't think Mm -hmm. those are, you know, second to last episodes or last Mm -hmm. episodes. I think it's hard when this sounds bad, but like none of these Futurama episodes are like outstanding or like, how do you make a big event Futurama episode other than like, this is the funniest episode or Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess they haven't really gone down the guest star route, which is another way that you could go.
0: True. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess I hadn't thought about it that like other shows can do it. I don't even know what the last one was last season
1: (laughs) Uh, it was maybe slurm which kind of feels
0: big well so i thought it was gonna be i thought it was gonna be slurm and then i'm pretty sure it's not because i was like oh yeah like it's not over yet and you were like "Lindsay, you lied to me (laughs) it was the mm, oh hell is other robots i think that's a pretty good episode
1: (laughs) yeah that's a good episode i guess the, the original series finale was famously the like the devil's hands which yes I guess there's nothing that special about that episode, other than it being. A How good dare one. you?
0: Yeah. We'll see. We'll see when we get there. Yeah. But why don't we dive into it with sure. a painstakingly <laughs> drawn before a live audience? I thought that was a pretty good opening <laughs> caption.
1: Yes, a direct ripoff from that Simpsons joke of uh, the animator's hands get quite tired by uh yes. by animating <laughs> live.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, and for Boop Corner, I was watching on my phone again, so I didn't. Oh my have god. A great what, example. what was the circumstance
1: that this came up?
0: Uh, I needed to watch it before today, and I also needed to watch <laughs> yeah. Duke and Birdie. And so I was like, all right, I'll just watch it again in a coffee shop.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. So it was a coffee shop viewing.
0: Yeah, 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 that's right. So I didn't, <laughs> couldn't really make out what I was seeing on the screen, but I do have the answer <laughs> to what it is.
1: <laughs> okay, well, I have like a cat running away from a large tiger.
0: Oh, okay. Well, you're absolutely correct. And it is called Bosco Shipwrecked which is part of the Looney okay. Tunes series. But it's the first Looney Tunes short to only have one director, blah, blah, blah. And so Bosco wow. is the captain of a Iconic. ship. He gets shipwrecked on a desert island and is awoken by monkeys and birds. And then once he gains consciousness, he is pursued by a lion. And then okay. he is cornered by the inhabitants of a native village. So I'm not sure we can... That's not going to be great. <laughs> That's going to be Comment. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, well, Bosco's um, canceled, I think.
1: Is this is this from the the Boop Wiki? Or I mean, it's not Boop. Is this coming from the the Looney Tunes Wiki?
0: Yeah, this is from Standard Wiki. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So that's Boop Corner. <laughs> problematic. That's usual. Our
1: problematic fave Boop Boop Corner.
0: Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I feel like a lot of them have managed not to be too problematic, but definitely maybe fewer maybe than I would like- have expected
1: maybe we should watch one of these eventually that could be a mid-season activity (laughs) of trying to track down like the 1930s looney
0: tunes yeah there you go all right i bet nobody's podcasting about that it is definitely true. I feel like there's not a good audience <laughs> for that.
1: Maybe I should go on my Hugh Jackman rant about 1930s Looney Tunes of like, if I watch every 1930 Looney Tunes, I bet I can talk with the director who's like 98 years old now.
0: He's definitely dead. Yeah. Before we jump into it, two seasons into Futurama, Alex, how you feeling?
1: Good. I think, I think kind of what I was saying earlier, there's like none of these episodes have blown me away and i'm i'm kind of expecting that for dog episode brother episode b episode like i'm i'm kind of looking forward to emotional uh athos is that the right word pathos pathos mm-hmm. yeah. looking forward to that because it's a little bit as good but none of it is outstanding right it feels and, and i guess it's also interesting because none of it is like bad like season 10, 11, 12 of The Simpsons where it's like, oh, I just like don't want to be watching this. It's (laughs) it's not that, but it's also not Golden Age Simpsons.
0: Yeah, you're right. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that so much where when you said none of these have really blown me away, I was like, oh, really? And then I'm like looking back. It's like, yeah, some of these are ones that I look at very fondly and really enjoy because they're funny. But you're right. None of them really have any emotional heft to them. And none of them really are ones that kind of blow you away. They're I've been funny, wondering if not special,
1: <laughs> right? I've been wondering if this is the experience of watching Golden Age Simpsons as mm-hmm. someone that didn't grow up watching them. Of like, like, oh yeah, that's good, but it's not the like greatest thing in the world.
0: Yeah, for sure. I sometimes try to make him watch Golden Age Simpsons yeah. with me, and it does not work in the way that it yeah. should.
1: <laughs> no, I do. Th- I do the same thing, and it's like not hitting. And I'm like, but like every moment in this episode is a mm-hmm. treasured gift.
0: <laughs> like, why aren't you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's exactly right. A treasured gift indeed. All right. Yeah. Um, Do you have any
1: um season 1 and 2 takes overall?
0: No, I think that's a good take. Definitely there is a lot of nostalgia at work for me where I think the episodes that I'm looking at very fondly are the ones that I liked when I was very young, but I don't I yeah, I agree with you. None of them have been very emotional and I don't think I would have Recognize that? I think I would have been like, oh, of course, Futurama has some emotional ones, but I think you're right. Those ones are mostly still to come. And the ones that I really love are just kind of funny. Like they're not that impactful yet.
1: Yeah. And I also think that, I mean, we're treating this podcast, I think. Not that we taught not that we treated Simpsons then and now with like a bunch of reverence, but I mm-hmm. think that we are even like more loosey goosey on this podcast. Yes. Like it's only <laughs> it's only twenty minutes of show that we have to watch. We get on, we talk for like 30 minutes. Like mm-hmm. I think we're taking this a little bit less seriously than yes. then and now. And so maybe that contributes as well to just like, yeah, that was good.
0: It was fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a not viewing it as a treasured gift and a, an abomination. <laughs> the stakes are yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So anyway, this one opens up with Professor Farnsworth is showing off his new invention, (laughs) which is called the Finglonger, which allows you to operate equipment from great distances.
1: Yeah, it's just like a glove with a very long finger that can that can poke things. And I'm very taken by how much the professor like truly loves this invention. He's so proud of it. And yeah, he's uh, so into
0: it. He's like using a pool cue, whatever (laughs) you call it, like a guide or something. Yeah, like the rack
1: or whatnot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then he's like, Let me show you how it works and then he like turns on something. He's like, Pretty long, eh? And they're like, Yes, but also why don't you just turn on with it?
1: Yeah. And right. The thing that he turns on is the what if machine, which is like this miraculous invention that can show alternate universes. <laughs> yes. Although not yeah, unlike it... the the AI generated Seinfeld that I just showed you.
0: True, exactly the same. <laughs> Yes, you pose it a what if question, and it gives you a video simulation of what would happen. And then they're like, Oh, my God, does it work? Yes, of course it works. It's just not very long.
1: (laughs) Give me your Yes, that's a good line. Give me your (laughs) chat GPT thoughts. Because I feel like I feel like chat GPT is a what if machine in some Mm. some senses where it can just kind of like make up things that kind of make sense, but also go way off the rails.
0: Yeah, so I listened to Doctor Christian Hubecky's takes on it, and I actually thought that they were very good. Where it's like, in fact, this thing is just incredible at bullshitting. And absolutely, yeah. I have looked at this Chat GPT and have used it, and have been like, this thing is incredible. I have yeah. become incredibly redundant in my job, where <laughs> no one is ever going to need me ever again. But that being said, there were a couple times where I've tried to use it and have been burned by it. <laughs> yeah, where I was like okay, I need to very quickly write something. So I was like, can you, I typed in something to the effect of like, can you suggest some like good papers that I can read or cite (laughs) in my thing that I'm about to write? And it was like, absolutely. Here are these like five articles. Here's when they were published. They're all in like JAMA, (laughs) The Lancet, Nature. And I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. Like I never need to do anything ever again. And so I, like, put in each of those titles, and I'm struggling to find any of them. So then I go back to ChatGPT, and I go, are these real? And it goes, I'm sorry, these were just examples of papers (laughs) that might have happened. I was like, are you kidding me? And I was like, I am just a language, blah, blah, blah. I can't tell you any real journal articles. So I've gotten that er
1: error. That's like an error prompt, because I've, like... I've gotten that exact prompt many times and I just like reset the whole thing and then I can do what I'm wanting it to ask or like yeah. ask in a different way. So I'm, I'm very suspicious of that. Like I'm just a language model and I can't like get new information. Well, this um,
0: one was like, was specifically saying like, so I can't give you any real ones. You might want to try like going to your library and finding it or something. I say, I was like, okay. Yeah.
1: Walk to your library, you human.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Walk to your local library. Just don't use Google. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Have yeah. you been tempted to use it all in your academic pursuits of, like, is there, can you cheat on all of your assignments and such by using ChatGP2?
0: Not so much on the assignments, but I think it's a very valuable tool in, like, starting to put your thoughts together if you're yeah. like, okay. Give me, like, a skeleton of what I want my introduction to look like or whatever. And then you're like, all right, I'm going to just tweak this and add references to it and make it really good. Like, I yeah. think it's an incredible tool for that. I haven't had a chance yeah. to really employ it, but I'm not opposed.
1: <laughs> I, I showed it to my dad, who he's retired now, but he used to be a teacher slash principal. And he had, like, the typical, like, boomer doomsday response of, like, like, <laughs> people don't even need to think anymore. Like, uh, <laughs> is like very uh, overblown reaction to the whole thing.
0: Yeah, the stuff I've seen about using it for academia is like, as long as you remember that you are still ultimately responsible for what you submit and what you publish, it's like you still yeah. ha- have to do the due diligence of making sure that what you are saying is correct and that you are citing it appropriately. And you still have to take responsibility for the thing that you're submitting. I think that still requires critical thought. And like, I don't know, I feel like yes, it's sure. gonna make us speak more clearly. <laughs>
1: yeah, and well, it will also probably just like, I think, it, I think that's true, but I also think that we will be further constrained to like the formats that it knows where it's like, yes. it's just going to write five paragraph essays or like, yeah. you know, it's going to focus in on, it's like the bubble effect with all these AIs of just, just doing more of what it knows. Yeah, exactly. Things get more and more similar. I'm going to type in, while we're on this, let's see if we can get it to give us three anthology of interest stories for ah, the Yes.
0: Incredible. Okay.
1: So write three summaries of anthology of interest stories for Futurama.
0: Is it just summarizing the episode or is it actually giving you some like...
1: Yeah, I think it is just summarizing episodes. Okay, so I have three new anthology of interest segments for a Futurama episode. I have number one, The Time Traveler's Dilemma. The Planet Express crew encounters a time traveler who is torn between altering the past to prevent a tragedy or leaving it unchanged and respecting the timeline the crew must navigate the complex moral dilemma and decide the best course of action seems like a star trek episode. it doesn't seem like a drama. <laughs> so. the virtual virtual reality experiment vendor becomes trapped in a virtual reality simulation let's find a way to escape before it's too late the crew must work together to save them and prevent the simulation from becoming a permanent reality okay and then the haunted ship the planet express crew takes a job transporting a haunted spaceship But things quickly go awry when the ghosts on board begin to torment them. Crew must find a way to escape before the ship consumes them all. That sounds like the most Futurama episode.
0: Yeah, the ones that I got, I put in, can you write three short Futurama stories? And one of them is called Bender's New Job, where Bender, feeling unfulfilled, decides to start his own detective business, quickly finds himself in over his head when he takes on a case that leads him to cross paths with the Robot Mafia. That feels very similar to when he just worked for the Robot Mafia. yeah <laughs> and then Leela's mission lila is sent on a solo mission to a distant planet to retrieve a rare artifact however when she sense. arrives she discovers that the planet is inhabited by race feelings have their own plans for the artifact she must use her wits and combat skills to smart them and complete the mission very basic that's
1: like the most generic thing i've ever heard a kick out
0: yeah and then this third one i don't even want to tell you because it's a very close to one that we will actually be covering it's called fry time travel <laughs> adventure <laughs>
1: okay great (laughs) did any of mine sound like real episodes they ever do virtual reality or i guess time travel
0: dilemmas uh... well i'm interested in the uh, haunted ship one to see how it crosses paths with the one for next week
1: (laughs) okay good yeah
0: so all right well let's get into the real ones (laughs) yes rambled long enough the first one is called terror at 500 feet And I love how the question starts off where Bender is like, oh, I've been a robot living among humans, and I've never really felt accepted. And so I've always secretly wondered, what if I was 500 feet tall? (laughs)
1: Yeah, What would it be like if I was 500 feet tall? (laughs) Yes. Really leading down the garden path of like, what if Bender is a human, which would be an interesting story, but I like this is just stupid.
0: Yes. And so they show him being created by a bunch of like normal sized bending robots and he is sent off to earth to the tune of iron man
1: (laughs) yes which i was thinking how that was uh, iron man of course was popularized i feel like by like the 2008 iron man movie or or whatever that's like when people get really pumped to hear oh it's iron man playing and i thought it was interesting Mm -hmm. that this was you know many years before that
0: yeah i feel like my brother really liked the song iron man well before iron man the movie (laughs) yeah but yeah. Is that
1: song written about the character Iron Man or is it unrelated?
0: I would have thought unrelated.
1: <laughs> See, this is Jeremy's going to make fun of me because this is more like, oh, songs aren't narrative enough. But I get very lost in metaphors of songs. I, I remember I remember learning that, that Neil Young's The Needle and the Damage Done wasn't about like a needle in the and the haystack. It was more <laughs> about like a drug use. Um, Dear Sweet like, what? Alex.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So there is an article in Classic Rock, which is LouderSound.com, the story behind the song Iron Man by Black Sabbath. With its complex sci-fi storyline and equally weighty sonics, Iron Man went on to become so much more than just another Black Sabbath track. But don't go thinking it's about the superhero.
1: Okay. Okay. I was about to go thinking.
0: Yeah. Well, Larry, So embarrassing. <laughs> I was thinking about a lump of metal putting it all in a science fiction context it all flowed from there blah 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 this this is exactly why
1: I'm out out on music it's like you have to go read the article about what the song's about
0: I was heavily into science fiction at the time (laughs) this is a very long article yeah it's probably not even that long it's like a three minute read but I'm like ugh
1: (laughs) can't be bothered to do this
0: Yes. So back on Earth, Fry is lonely and being bitten by a duck and he like looks up and this giant robot (laughs) crushes him.
1: Yeah, I was wondering, I actually don't think I've seen the Iron Giant, but as Bender like crashes in and befriends Fry, it gave me vibes of the Iron Giant of like Bender Mm -hmm. very sweetly picking him up and like Fry being, you know, becoming best friends with Fry. Did you see any of that? Or do you know what? Have you seen the Iron Giant?
0: It's been a very long time since I saw the Iron Giant. But I really liked it, I think. The, and, and I have in my notes also Fry and Bender are very cute. And they're like running through the park and playing together to Hansen's Mbap. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I like this montage. They're playing hide and go seek. And like the giant Bender is like very lamely hide, hiding behind a giant tree. But Fry doesn't find him. They're spitting on cars together. So a cute montage of them having fun.
0: Fry's like hugging Bender's foot. It's very adorable. Yes. I feel like you must hate <laughs> Mbap. It has very little narrative structure.
1: <laughs> yeah are there lyrics other than bob like, a little bit of something about summertime
0: or girls yeah. or who can say really but yeah so after all this happens there's something in the media about like there's been a robot rampage thousands are dead and the military is like trying to take bender down because he is a menace
1: <laughs> yeah it, it turns very quickly from very cute to bender is destroying everything military is coming in very uh, godzilla
0: energy Yes, and it does nothing. So he's just like wandering around, destroying everything. And so then so I, or the professor is like, oh, okay, the only thing that can <laughs> beat a monster that big is an even equally big monster.
1: <laughs> yeah, so they decide to in Zoidberg.
0: Yes. <laughs> well, well used. I yeah. laughed so hard when they're like, well, we're going to need a guinea pig. And then there's just like a guinea pig on a plate and they use it as bait for Zoidberg. <laughs>
1: yeah the line that really got me was friends help a guinea pig tricked me
0: yes me too oh wow, that was great delivery alex <laughs> and then after they do it he's like so now zoidberg is big <laughs>
1: yeah, zoidberg immediately destroys chase bank for denying him a credit card and mm-hmm. destroys the famous apollo cinema or yeah apollo cinema apollo for theater. booing him off stage yeah apollo theater for booing him
0: off stage yeah. yes yeah. And so then Bender is all indignant because he's like, hey, this is my city. Quit touching my stuff. And so they start fighting. And it ultimately culminates with basically Bender fills like a stadium with water, boils it, and then pushes Zoidberg into it. Very dark <laughs> stuff.
1: Yeah. This was a. I was thinking about how this is like more New York-y than they usually go, where they're they're like fighting with all these New York landmarks where yeah, the stadium Mm -hmm. that that Bender boils Zoidberg in is Shea Stadium. Mm -hmm. Bender gets impaled by the Empire State Building. Yes, they they really use New York here.
0: Yes, indeed. (laughs) It's its own character here. (laughs) But yeah, and I've always thought it was very cute when Fry comes up and he's like, hey, Bender, want to make Shrinky Dinks? (laughs) <laughs> That's when Zoidberg snips off Bender's feet and Bender gets impaled on the Empire State Building and Fry is devastated.
1: Yes, kind of a King Kong vibes mm-hmm. here as well with uh, Bender dying by the, by the Empire State Building and Fry getting up and saying like, look what you've done
0: yeah and he's like this gentle visitor is dying and then we get Vender's last words about how his like mission was to kill all humans and he's like who's the real <laughs> yes. seven billion ton robot monster here
1: <laughs> not i
0: <laughs> not i and i've always also always found it very funny when the voice goes interesting stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: so that's the that's the voice that that i associate with these anthology of interests of it being like what is this like this is like twilight zone i guess so yeah, like guess a narrator so. talking over the top
0: yeah that i feel like is like the scary door stuff where they're like right picture a room in the door right. inside the room <laughs> but yeah I, I always think it's really funny when people go like hmm, powerful stuff <laughs> <laughs> interesting stuff yeah yeah interesting <laughs> stuff. stuff yeah either way so yeah anyway that's the first I feel one like i, I do that a, a lot in meetings so like oh yeah interesting <laughs> Yeah. I'd love to do that in a work meeting, have someone do it all, and just go, you know, powerful stuff. <laughs> 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 it's so yeah. good. Oh, incredible. Yes. Anyway, so that's uh, that's the first one. Second one's called Dial L for Leela, which is probably the one I remembered <laughs> the best of these three. Really? Okay, I, I thought
1: so. I thought this one was maybe the weakest, or it was kind of the same joke again and again.
0: I agree. I don't love this one. I Actually, I think I remembered the third one the best. I'd forgotten what it was, coincidentally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Yeah, I agree. I, this is this is not my favorite. But Leela doesn't want to ask it a question. And they're all like, oh, you'd be impulsive for once. And then she's like, all right, well, what if I were just a little bit more impulsive?
1: Yeah. Is this a fair quality to ascribe to Leela? If, like, she's not impulsive. I mean, she's certainly strict and a rule follower. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if I would say that she's like... I just wouldn't have thought of like not impulsive being. I agree. Yeah,
0: I don't. I don't feel like this is a real character trait. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think maybe they're like, oh, you're too picky with boyfriends or something. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's not really something I would ascribe to her. But when they're trying to imagine what she'd be like if she were more impulsive before they run the simulation. Fry puts Captain Crunch on his head and is like eating it off of his head. And Bender's like, "Go, man, go!" And this is something I used to say a lot to my uh, former boyfriend: I'm "Like, go, man, go, <laughs> go, man, go." We, we thought this joke was very funny. Anytime you try to eat something quickly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, I, I wonder um, if my my kind of ambivalence towards Futurama is that I just like miss all of these like tiny little jokes. Like I didn't even notice that or write that down or anything. And maybe it's, maybe it's a side effect of also doing the podcast where I need to like follow what's going on. But you have so many, all the jokes that you're always very tickled by, like aren't even on my radar.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. It's a complimentary sense of humor. Yes. I, I love how this, I do enjoy how it opens up with them being like, okay, the way in which she is slightly more impulsive is that she bought new boots (laughs) that are identical to the old ones but have a crazy green stripe and it's like okay is that gonna be the whole thing because I think that maybe would have been a funnier story
1: (laughs) yeah yeah no I love the crazy green stripe
0: (laughs) yes and so this to me reminded me of the clone episode where they were trying to decide who the professor was going to name as his heir and I think (laughs) in that episode we were like oh it would probably be Leela right because she's so sensible and indeed he is naming her as his heir at this episode
1: that is true that's a great callback
0: hmm Yes, and the professor tells her this as he's feeding his man-eating anteaters who we have not seen (laughs) in the past.
1: Yeah, they're just like in a pit in the middle of his like laboratory or home or Mm -hmm. wherever he is. It's just this giant pit with the the anteaters.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, and he keeps reiterating, you'll be a very wealthy woman the day I die. Oh, yes, the day I die.
1: Yeah, he's like leaning over the pit.
0: Yes, and then she like boots him into the pit.
1: (laughs) Yes, which comes back later, the, the boot print.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, so then Leela comes back in and she's like nonchalantly whistling as she walks in. And so like, we get it. You're nonchalant.
1: Okay, you're nonchalant. Quit rubbing our noses in it.
0: Yeah, I feel like I do that sometimes. <laughs> if I like take a long lunch or something, I like casually walk back in. And I'm like, don't be like Leela. <laughs>
1: are you, are you, impu- what's the most impulsive thing you've ever done?
0: I'm very unimpulsive. I like to be very safe and careful. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Come on, you, have, you must have one landmark impulsive
0: action. I mean, moving out <laughs> here was sort of impulsive. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, it was like, I was pretty sure that I was going to be doing my PhD online. And then they were like, in June, they were like, we expect to see you yeah, on the Yeah, get out 6. here. But I was like, "Bad." <laughs> so that was okay, a that's pretty good. Yeah. Not bad.
1: You? Probably the whole New Zealand thing, like just going to New Zealand for a while mm-hmm. with no plans.
0: Yeah. That was
1: impulsive. That's good. Yeah. So just moving. We, we impulsively yes.
0: move. <laughs> yes. That's all very safe. <laughs> but yeah, so this is where we get, we, I think have been sort of informally tracking this, but giant anteater of Santa Anita is uh Hermes line here.
1: <laughs> okay. Very good. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. And yeah, so the professor has been eaten. It's very suspicious. And so they're going to call the police to look into it. But then Zoidberg is like, I have a degree in murderology and murderonomy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes. So he puts on his Sherlock Holmes hat and says, Zoidberg is afoot."
0: Yes. And Hermes is like, okay, so just want to point out to you, Leela, that the professor had just made a new will and he named you as his sole heir. She's like, well, it doesn't prove anything. And he's like, well, it's a video will. And here's a video of you killing him. <laughs> yeah. And then she kills Hermes and it's very gross. <laughs>
1: I love uh, Zoidberg is like infestating clues as she's killing Hermes and Hermes quiet I'm deducing things
0: yes <laughs> yeah and then Leela's like shoving bits of Hermes down the garbage disposal and Bender's yes. just like I don't care but I am going to blackmail you it's like, I prefer extortion X makes it sound cool
1: didn't we just talk about uh, garbage disposal fears recently
0: we did yes very recently yes. I think maybe just last so. week
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's back
0: hmm. We back. It's very gross. And so Lila blasts Bender with the microwave and then is like, okay, next time you feel like killing someone, just have a stick of gum.
1: <laughs> yeah, she turns a Bender into like a little go kart, And I like mm-hmm. that his horn. I forget what he says when she presses the horn,
0: but Bender just says something. Yeah, it's like Bender voice. And yeah. Amy's like, oh, my God, your little go-kart is so hip and sexy. Not like you at all. And Leela at this point is just like a, on a murderous rampage. It's like, do you have any gum? And that just kills Amy. Yeah, <laughs> so I wrote
1: this down as uh, for our problematic fave wiki writer of Leela being unattractive. And Amy, yeah. or no. Oh, shoot. No, it's the other way around.
0: Amy so, supposed okay, to be so, unattractive.
1: Yeah. So Unlike apparently. Unlike beautiful Leela. <laughs> Yeah, apparently Amy claims that Leela is not beautiful. So even more evidence to Amy being beautiful. Yes,
0: exactly. All right, so then Zoidberg has a little meeting with everyone where he's like, I'm going to reveal who the killer is. Like, I've done all my investigation. And according to the Wikipedia entry, this is when Scruffy becomes like a series regular.
1: (laughs) Oh, I was going to say, I think that I wrote down the first appearance of Scruffy the janitor. I don't even know if he's like, maybe he's been in the background, but I think this is his first line at the very least.
0: Yes, I read it somewhere and I apparently didn't write it down, but I think he has appeared a couple times in very minor roles, but yeah. this is when he becomes like a regular guy and is established as working at Planet Express. Because so that's why they've yeah, like never a little, seen you before.
1: It's a little bit jarring of he he shows up and then the stupid clone kid, I mm-hmm. forget his name, but Q-Bert. yeah, Cubert shows up like out of nowhere. It's a little bit bizarre that these two characters just like show up in this in this one scene
0: Yes, confirmed. this is his speaking debut. He had a non-speaking cameo in the Three Sons episode, as well as the mm. Anchovies episode, and was an animatic, nice. I don't know what that means, in the Hell is Other Robots episode.
1: Maybe he was like, I have no idea what that means. I, I love Scruffy. I remember really liking Scruffy, so I'm glad he's, he's around now.
0: Yes, he's very good. And... Anyway, so Zoidberg is, like, unraveling the information, and he's like, there was a boot print on the lab coat, and Layla's like, well, I never wear boots, and so <laughs> Keeper's like, obviously, we know what's going on, and then he's dead, and then next up, who's dead after that? I guess everyone is dead. <laughs> uh,
1: she goes, Zoidberg, I love Fry's line of, what smells like boot feet?
0: yes that made me laugh too i also like from zoidberg when he's like i got my next clue at four fifteen when the clock stopped and my next clue two hours later at 4
1: yeah, yeah. i i was insulted on zoidberg's behalf for that he's he's
0: smarter than that yes well and what about him being called dr jerkberg by bender <laughs> yeah come on bender Yes, he gets a letter from my good friend Bender, which really made me laugh. And he's like, the murderer was. And then Fry goes, I'm bored. You're boring, Zoidberg.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so Leela cooks and eats Zoidberg and, mm-hmm. and Fry's the only one remaining.
0: Yeah. And then she's like, all right, time to do something really impulsive. And then she has sex with Fry. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess so. I guess yeah. he's an accomplice. I mean, I think Fry comes out as the winner here of not murder. I guess Leela too, if she gets the, if she
0: gets the will. Mm hmm good point point. she's a very wealthy woman but yeah. yeah the Futurama wiki is constantly trying to like tie everything back to the Fry and Leela relationship and in <laughs> this episode it goes the writers of this episode managed to get Fry and Leela to sleep together they have sex but only in the fictional story told by the what if machine it's like how do they manage to do it like they, they're drawing yeah, these they characters. finally
1: figured it out <laughs>
0: And they go, it is also worth noting that at no point does Leela seem inclined to kill Fry as she murdered her other colleagues. She prefers the prospect of sleeping with him, most likely repeatedly to buy his silence.
1: <laughs> this reminds me of like, back in the Lost blogging days, there were the Jaders and the Skaters. That was the Jack mm-hmm. and Kate fans versus the uh-huh. Sawyer and Kate fans and like all the blogs dedicated to like, oh, Sawyer, Sawyer and Kate forever. Feels mm-hmm. kind of the same energy of the Futurama wiki of like really tracking every moment of this
0: relationship. Very much so, yes. And uh, yeah, that's the end of dialogue for Leela.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's the weakest one. It's okay. like both too wacky and then also nothing that just the same thing happens again and again for five minutes.
0: Yeah, agreed. And so the third one is called The Unfreeze of a Lifetime. And <laughs> Fry's like, okay, I want to go. What if Bender was really giant? <laughs>
1: yeah. I want to see Bender being large again.
0: It's like, we already saw that one. He's like, I know. I liked it. I want to see it again. Yeah. <laughs> the professor goes, we're not seeing it again. Ask something less stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah, a yeah. Great and exchange. That was- that was another line that I use a lot of like, that question is less stupid, though you asked it in a profoundly stupid way in <laughs> response to Fry saying, what if I never fell into that freezer doodle and came to the future jiggy? <laughs> so that whole exchange, I love everything about it. Very good. Yeah, that's really good. We see a cutback to the very first episode where Fry is delivering the pizza and then he just misses falling into the cryogenic chamber thing, hits his head, and then all of a sudden there's a rip in the space-time continuum.
1: I feel like I've talked about this before, and I feel like you've rolled your eyes at me when I talk about this. But, like, my when I first watched Futurama, my um, like the thing that I focused on, well, I think you roll your eyes about it because I just talk about it all the time. The thing that I it's a it's a bike race, I Mm -hmm. roll (laughs) the the thing that I was like very taken with was the origin of Fry being sent to the past or sent being sent to the future, Nibbler, like. Causing that, all the lore around the the night of, you know, Fry being frozen. That That's what I was, like, most taken with.
0: And mm-hmm. I talked I talk about it whenever this scene comes up. And so I will talk about it yet again. Of, <laughs> I
1: like that they go back to, to this scene and expand the lore on it.
0: Yes, I like it, too, that they go back to it so often. And, yeah, build it out more and more each time. Yeah, so, yeah, so you get so familiar with it, too, where you're like, hello, pizza delivery.
1: Yeah, it's happening. They're, I know all these scenes.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so... Anyway, they're commenting on there's an ugly scared guy. And then we don't really see how it gets resolved. It's just that he's talking about the next day. He's like, oh, yeah, I saw like a thing with a bunch of monsters in it.
1: Yeah, you're right. If, given that the end of the episode is like, oh, if this isn't solved, this, you know, tear in the space time continuum is going to destroy the universe. Mm-hmm. It happens the first time and then it's,
0: it's just kind of fine. It's fine, yeah. yeah. And so Stephen Hawking comes in, and he's yes. like, "Ah, oh, the usual, Professor Hawking." And I just love that he comes in often enough to have a regular order.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this also reminded me of *The uh, Simpsons*, where even the season might have lined up. But I know that Stephen Hawking guest starred on *The Simpsons* at one point, and they really loved just like going to Stephen Hawking. And I think this is a very early two thousands thing of like having Stephen Hawking be in in popular culture.
0: Yes, and I love how he's represented here, where he just steals everyone's ideas. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, I really like him in
1: this episode.
0: Especially because he's clearly very game to do this. Yeah, <laughs> like, sure. So they're like, "Aren't you that physicist who invented gravity?" And he goes, "Sure, why not?" Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Fry's like, yeah, "Has anyone ever seen a hole in nothing with monsters in it?" Because I want to call it a fry hole.
1: yeah this comes up later that i really laughed at i think fry says i I take it you're here to look at my fry hole
0: or something like that Mm -hmm. yes exactly and so when fry leaves at the end of the day you get like the stephen hawking very distinctive voice Like, there he is sees him and fry goes who said that yeah
1: Uh, i also love that they beat him with tennis rackets they they say that later but you can definitely tell from like the shadows that
0: he's getting beaten by tennis rackets Yes, and it turns out that this group of people beating him up is led by Al Gore, and these are his vice presidential action rangers, and they're a bunch of top nerds whose sole duty is to protect the universe from disruptions in the space-time continuum. And Fry's like, I thought your sole duty was to protect the president or something, and he's like, and protect the space-time continuum, like, read the Constitution.
1: Yeah, sole duty is to break a tie in Congress or something. Right, Uh, (laughs) in the Senate.
0: (laughs) So anyways, they want to see the fry hole, and they, he gets introduced to all these different people, one of whom is like Gary Gygax, Nichelle Nichols, and Deep Blue. Yes,
1: yeah, so it's Ahura uh, from Star Trek, the inventor of d who's constantly rolling dice before he does anything, and then Deep Blue, who's just saying chess moves.
0: Yeah, not all missions can be solved with chess. Deep Blue. Someday you'll yes. understand that. <laughs> But yeah, I like Gary Gygax, where he's like, it's a Rolls the Dice a pleasure to meet you. Yeah.
1: Have we talked to D&D? I, I feel like you might have dabbled.
0: I have dabbled, yes. I played quite a bit for like a good chunk of COVID times. I've actually played like a very good, what do you call it when you like make one up? <laughs>
1: Homebrew? One-
0: Sure. One of my friends did a homebrew that I got really into, like the year before COVID, and then I was moving, and so he was like, "Well, I guess we're done here. Like, no one would ever play D D on the internet." And then <laughs> I moved, and then it was like immediately transferred online. So I played for a while, and then was just so busy. It was what cool, was the was like, hey, what was here.
1: special about the homebrew? Like, what was the? What, what he basically
0: internet? came up with like a new magic system, and it just made it okay. so much more fun. Where I feel like it's like. My struggle with D&D is that you're like, okay, I'm going to be like a fighter, a ranger. And you have yeah. like five moves you can do. And one of the times that I was a, I think the first time I was like, what should I be? And they were like, oh, you should just like be a fighter or whatever. And I was like, all right, great. I use my broadsword. And again, and again. Yeah, and I, I hit was like, him oh. with my sword. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I was like, I can't do anything. And so in this new like magic reskin that he had done, it was like, Basically, anything you could think of. There was like yeah. a, yeah. a just spell have fun for it. Is the rule. Yeah. Basically, yeah. And so it was just, yeah, it was about like just trying stuff. Yeah, I'm exactly like you, where I have like no interest in
1: the fighting and the stats and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And like the biggest. The biggest failure of a DM is if it gets to the point where it's like, okay, I walk over and I like smack him with my sword and like, can this please be over with like that's DM is failing me if I'm doing that.
0: Well, we can spend more time on that when the space time continuum tears and we have nothing to do but talk about Dungeons and Dragons for (laughs) the next quadrillion years. But in the meantime, Stephen Hawking is like, let's go see that thing. Like I call it a Hawking hole. And Fry's like, hey, I came (laughs) up with that. And he goes, who is the Journal of Quantum Physics going to believe?
1: (laughs) Yes, in like the very next scene, Stephen Hawking's calls like the, the freezing tube, the hawking, cha- yeah, the hawking <laughs> yeah. chamber.
0: That made me laugh so hard. It's like, what about this freezer <laughs> thing? I call it a hawking chamber. So good. <laughs> so they're like, asking Fry to basically relive what happened. And he's like, Oh, I got like wanged in the head. And he's like, Well, it's obvious that wanged to the head should have killed you. And then Stephen Hawking is trying to like run him over. He's like, hold him down while I run him over.
1: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. The like rip appears again. And they say murder isn't working. And that's all we're good at
0: yes exactly and so they're like shove him in the tube and Stephen Hawking's like it was my idea uh yes and so Fry manages to convince them to hand over the plus one mace that Gary Gagg is carrying and he's like I'm gonna need this to like fight off drunken robots in the future and instead he smashes the tube and the universe collapses and they're just playing D&D for eternity
1: I thought this was the best, the
0: best segment yes. of the three. Yes, I agree. Very good, and yeah, and then so it turns out that the so the professor's like, "Oh my god, this is ridiculous." It's Stephen Hawking in a pizzeria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I knew you would like that. That was one that I attacked I was like, "Oh, that's going to be a Lindsay favorite."
0: Yes, I liked it, and he's like, "However, I like the thing longer is a rousing success," and then it turns out that. <laughs> In fact, the professor was just like watching on the what if machine, what would it be like if I invented the thing longer? And it's like, apparently, that's what would have happened is that we would have watched three things inside the what if machine.
1: (laughs) And somehow he still cannot invent the thing
0: longer. Yes, that's right. This was Al Gore's first appearance on any TV show. Wow.
1: Even what about when Lisa buys the UFO book, right? And the barcode gets scanned and gets sent to Al Gore.
0: Exactly. well this calls for a celebration I don't think that was actually him <laughs> yeah but yes yeah, so, yeah that's the end I don't know if we can say who won and lost maybe like the professor lost because he didn't actually invent the thing longer
1: yeah and then everything else was uh, was the simulation so it doesn't matter it doesn't
0: count <laughs> yeah so next week Alex beginning of season 3 season 3 episode right. 1 The Honking
1: The Honking H-O-N-K mm-hmm. yeah Mm-hmm. The Honking. What was the what was that M. Night movie called? The Happening? <laughs> I don't know. I think The Happening was like many, many years after this, so it can't possibly be related. But because The Honking sounds like The Happening, I'm going to say it's like a horror-based Futurama episode. It's going to have some like horror, horror elements.
0: Yes, and bear in mind the hint I gave you with the chat GPT thing, Rose, like maybe next week might be related. There's definitely some spooky elements next week, so... How do you do with scary okay. things? Okay, how do you do with scary things? I don't like scary things. I usually skip this episode, but it's actually not very scary. <laughs> really?
1: Have you tried? Have you tried scary movies? Like, what was the last scary movie that you watched?
0: Oh, geez, my last like proper scary movie was probably like in my early teens. I really yeah. don't like them.
1: See, I was I was like that too, where I was the kid that was telling the sleepover group, "No, we can't watch the Matrix Three yes. because it's rated R, and I'm too scared." <laughs> Oh, (laughs) but then I started watching scary movies uh, as an adult. And it's like, this is this is fine.
0: All right. I don't like being scared. My brain can conjure enough things on its own. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. All right. So that's that for today. Alex, how can people get in touch with us? Yeah,
1: people can email us at pot of tomorrow at gmail.com. We actually got an email from listener Mike, who came in and binged all of our episodes, which is quite amazing. (laughs) Mike, if you For some reason, need the the deep lore of Alex and Lindsay. Check out Simpsons Then and Now. There's like 50 episodes of us probably being worse podcasters, hopefully by a little bit. Hopefully we were like slightly worse.
0: We were definitely um, worse, especially at the started. beginning. Yeah, yeah. Those yeah. Worst episodes, it makes me cringe. Nightmarish. I, could...
1: I would never go back and listen to those.
0: Yeah, we might want to delete those off the feed.
1: <laughs> no, they're fine. Anyway, but anyways, yeah. so Mike, thanks for writing in. Thanks for listening. And they found us through Lindsay being on other podcasts and plugging us. So, Lindsay, mm. why don't you tell other people what podcasts you're on?
0: Yes, the only one I have going on right now is Tuken Birdie over on BoJack HorsePod. BoJack HorsePod presents Pod. <laughs> I guess you can find me over there. And the episode that Mike found us on was on that 90s pod, a 90s show <laughs> podcast over on yeah. Nothing But Netflix on RATP. So, yeah, check us out. And we'll be back next week for Season 3, Episode 1, The Honking. See you,
1: everyone.